1: Mic check number two. It's all about you. You. Only you. Uh,
2: do I need to speak as well? Oh, I need to turn up the my... Mic uh,
1: yeah, well, ideally. I mean, not that you say anything, ever.
2: I don't really have a lot to say. But when I do have something to say, it sounds like... It is powerful. It's really
1: interesting. It yeah. is very interesting and super powerful. hey everybody welcome to the channel do us a favor please hit that like button make a comment and hit that subscribe button now it really makes a big difference to the channel
2: The comments are exactly what we need please drop us a comment ask a question we'll answer it on the show thanks for watching thank you well thanks for joining us uh santo this is great um you know, I kind of gave you a little bit of a, a rundown on how today is super informal. We just like to chat about real estate. You know what you're talking about. So we like to talk to people like you. And um, if you don't mind, you mind giving just like a, a small little intro. I know you're you're working, like you're a team leader in Toronto, but just maybe just give a little bit of a intro for some of our listeners.
3: Okay, so uh, my name is Santo Sessa. I work with REMAX Premier. I run my own team. It's a family team. My, my wife is a full-time realtor. I'm a full-time realtor. My son recently got his real estate license, and together we run Team Sessa. I love it. Awesome. Family that team. That to me is the best team. How, yeah, o- how best old is your son? My son is 27 now. 27, just got
1: his real estate license, joining the family yep. business. Nice. Cool. Beautiful. How did he get it? Did he go through Humber?
3: No, but um, as we fe- well, this was in talks for a while, and as we found out that you know everything was switching over to Humber, then we kind of fast tracked the the pre Humber the pre Humber studies and courses and, and did it that way.
1: Right. Yeah, my daughter.
3: Oh, you to forgot be a about
2: the most important part though. Your YouTube channel.
3: My YouTube channel is doing awesome. It's so much fun, and and I got it. You know, uh, a full disclosure: if it wasn't for my son, we'd never be doing what we're doing. I'm the data guy. I'm the one. Obviously, I'm the one who presents it. If if you you saw my channel, I'm the one that puts data together. These are things I was normally doing, working with my clients anyway. So I would go to a listing presentation, or I'm Talking to buyers at a buyer presentation, and I, I'd kind of give them a rundown of what's going on. So I would do these these charts for myself, and then slowly put one on YouTube, then another one. But when my son kind of got more involved, uh, and he does a lot of the behind the scenes, the 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 marketing, the promotion, all the the online stuff, all the the videos. Uh, if it wasn't for him kind of organizing that. We'd never we'd never get it to where it is now. It's doing great. We've had a lot of success with it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we've been watching you grow. We I I think I've been watching you for years. My wife, my wife also, she gets uh, emails from you regularly. So she's always (laughs) she's always sending me emails from you. And I and I, I just told her I was like, oh, he's he's coming on the show. It's great. We're getting That's huge fantastic. over here because we can get guys like Santo Sesso on the show Oh, now. come on. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Come there on, you, you go. Now we made it. We're, we're, we're your growing. show's made doing it. great.
3: Never mind. We're,
1: we're, we're happy. Yeah. We're happy. We're happy, happy. We're happy here. We, we like to talk about real estate. So just like you, we're just kind of doing what we would normally do together anyways
3: on a regular basis.
1: Yeah.
2: You right?
3: know, real estate is one of those things that... Everybody, I mean, I mean, everybody lives somewhere, whether you're renting, whether you're own, whether you're an investor, everybody loves talking about real estate.
0: And no matter where I
3: go, as soon as people find out you're in real estate, they ask questions, they want to talk. They might not have any intentions of buying or selling or doing, but they're curious about their house or the market or the neighborhood and it's always on everybody's mind
1: yeah like how often are you sitting in a restaurant and you're hearing the people next to you and they're talking about real estate and then you you go you look over there and they're talking about real estate and you're sitting there. multiple offers i i'm i'm always (laughs) going to my wife i mean i guess it's been like a year and a half since we've been in a restaurant and done that but before we would always just sit there going oh my god it's so funny like everybody everybody yeah. is always somehow the conversation turns to real estate. I mean, I guess that must be forced by the fact that we're all so interested in real estate as well.
3: Well, for sure, for sure and and even if it, it's funny, you know, it's it's one of those one of those I guess industries where everybody's an expert yeah <laughs> and there are three everybody right knows and 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 so you know in casual conversations sometimes i just kind of stay a little bit quiet it's I, i'm not gonna convince somebody if, if market's going up market's going down you know it's one thing if they casually ask or they're genuinely interested in your opinion but i just find uh You know, even in my own family, it's it's we get together. And although it's been a while since we've gotten together, but. It seems that everybody knows and they have strong opinions and uh, it's it's really interesting.
2: It's easy. It's easy to have an opinion on real estate, right? Because like you said, we're all living in real estate. We all know about real estate and there's no way to prove somebody's prediction to be wrong today. And even if someone says to me, oh, well, you know, this should have happened. There's always so many different factors that I can bring into the equation to say why it may or may not have happened. So there's really not a lot of um, wrong answers, right? So you have to really just be, you know, cognizant of that. And, and when as professionals and you know this, you know, there's only so much advice we can give to our clients. And as long as we take the, uh, the worn path to make sure that they have the least amount of risk and errors and stuff like that along their journey, they turn out okay. But um, definitely
3: nothing drives me more crazy when we're talking real estate, when somebody predicts the future with a certainty, like they know this is what's going to happen.
1: I am one drives of Drives
3: me mental. I am one of those. Don't watch any I of our certain. earlier
1: episodes then. I am absolutely <laughs> certain. I know without a shadow of a doubt that over the long term, the city of Toronto, will go up in value. That I am confident in saying any day of the week, unless
3: (laughs) of course it doesn't.
1: Aliens come (laughs) and that's. (laughs)
3: And and I'm with you there. When somebody says, you know, I'm thinking of buying I'm scared of how the market's going to be. And they're and I'm like, well, what you're buying, is it like, is it an investment? You're going to flip it next year. Or are you going to, I mean, is this long-term? You're going to live there five years, seven years, 10 years? Like, what's the plan? Oh, no, no, this is my forever home. Or, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there till at least my kids get out of school. I'll be there 10 years. My attitude is generally, don't worry about it then. You're good. You know, yeah. over time, we're good. But if you tell me you're flipping it next year, that's a, that's a, 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 a tough prediction to make. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're
2: all experts, feel? but
3: we ha- none of us have a clue. That's the reality. How do you right? feel
2: right now, though, Santo? Because the only thing that we can do in real estate is we can tell what pe- people what's going on today. Right now.
1: Right. With real people say, that are doing it in the streets.
2: This, this is what right. happened last week. This is what happened last year. This is what happened 10 years ago. Here's what's going on today. Tomorrow, no idea. So what are you I'm seeing a, today?
3: I'm 100% sure when I give my stats those are the numbers because they've already happened. It's in the history books. I'm very confident about the numbers. But as soon as I go to tomorrow, I'm fairly confident over the next week, this is kind of where we're going to be. But beyond that, things can change so fast. And we've seen it before. Things change so fast. And you can analyze the numbers and the interest rates and, and how the, you know, price of eggs in Asia are going to affect our, our economy here. But what you can't predict is buyer or seller mentality. You can't predict the, the, the attitude on the street.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: If I would have stood on the rooftops when we went into our first lockdown last year, mid-March, and said, don't worry in four to six weeks prices are going through the roof yeah you got you would have called the straight jackets locked me up and thought and i never predicted that because i would have thought i was crazy but look what happened like just opposite of what any high-paid economist could have ever predicted mm-hmm. and like how do you it's, it's like such the most a, it,
1: connected well-informed like closest to the fire economists predicted minus 18%, right? Right. And the deferral cliff and like all this horrible shit. And what do we see? Yeah. And
3: they backed it up with, things like the deferral. Claim, right. So. And they backed it up. It with made sense stats, And that's the best it made thing. sense. It made
2: sense. It was like, yeah, when that, when that changes, when that happens, when those people can't pay their bills anymore, this will happen. And you right. know what, if the, if see the way that everything always has to be positioned is, is if this happens, this will happen. If everybody loses their job and they can't afford their home anymore, they'll be forced to sell and we'll have a flood of supply and prices will go down. That's true. It's just, how is all that going to happen? Right. And it's like, so it's easy to dictate what's going to happen. If, if the government continues to prop up uh, you know, the economy, if they continue to leave interest rates low, if they offer incentives to businesses, stay open and they try to make sure that everybody survives this pandemic and and the, and the recession and everything else like that, prices will continue to rise.
3: Okay. Makes sense. But (laughs) playing, playing devil's advocate here, just picking the other side Borders are going to open up also with everything that you're saying is going to happen and we have an influx of immigration. So there's one there's a whole bunch of examples saying prices are coming down, but there's a whole bunch of examples saying that in the near future demand is going to go up with inflation with universities back into you know real life. Teachings and trainings and classes and so there's the influx of, of foreign students and foreign students not just from overseas but from other parts of Ontario even like coming in and 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 this whole this whole talk about downtown is going to be a ghost town is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard and I don't care what anybody says the bosses and the corporate heads know there is no way people are more productive at home. Good. There's no way. Good. So at some point, they're going to say, come back. Now, there's going to be some companies saying, you know what? Where people are probably, you know, 75% as productive at home. But because we don't need, 50,000 square foot in an office tower anymore we're okay with the lower productivity because you know one offsets the other we're saving so much in downtown expenses but there's going to be other companies coming in dying to get into downtown Toronto there's always a shortage of office space and I just I don't know I I don't Toronto downtown is going to be vibrant it's going to be exciting and there's going to be the people also looking for jobs that are starting to graduate. They're going to, they're going to get into it. They're going to go downtown. It's uh, Toronto strong.
1: Yep. Agreed. I agree. And, and having said all that, if we look at last month, we slowed down a little bit, which is what everybody in the media was hoping for looking for calling for and we got it and so what do we think about this i mean you're the you're the stats guy you're the best stats guy i know in toronto like what do you think about this uh lull we have here in may is it is it is it the new trend is it the new direction are we are we going down or are we just gonna is it just uh everybody's tired right now everybody's sick of this fucking real
3: estate stuff You're almost, in my opinion, you're almost right on, on every point you made there. Uh, I I chart things, as, as you know, on my YouTube channel, week to week. And it's hard to make a trend, <clears throat> excuse me, it's hard to talk about a trend when it's just week to week. So I need several weeks, a month to go by to say, hey, this is the direction. And March, was our big month. We didn't know it in March. April traditionally should have been higher as far as average price and sales. It wasn't, but traditionally it is. And then May should have been higher still as we had in the spring, but it wasn't. From March, we kind of went down, down. Now I'm saying down, but it's like minuscule, small percentage points. And it almost feels like we've kind of hit a plateau. And you're going to see in my news report coming out uh, Tuesday, Tuesday things went up again. So months of inventory came down and sales have gone up. Listings have gone up and average price has gone up across Toronto. So you're going to see now from going to but that's just one week.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it's, we've been taking a dip and now it's going to go up again. You know, why is this happening? Wow, it's I I work with buyers and sellers every day. TK, you do as well. I mean, we hear so many things working with our clients, and through talking to other realtors, when we're talking about offers or when we're book, even just booking showings, is there you know oh is our showings booked up? Because now you know everything's half hour showings. We used to. Them and stack them and let everybody see how many people are going to showings to create the enthusiasm. Now you got to spread them out.
2: But you and- wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know exactly how many people are going. You just see business cards and stuff. No, the more now the with broker Bay, But now with Broker Bay, you see it. You're like, there's only one spot available left to right. go. I, I see it right in front of me that that person's got showings booked the next three days. Do people take different. like
1: fake uh, register? Like, do they? Do they uh, reserve times like extra times on on no because they're scarce
2: you can't you can't afford to lose times you have to keep them as many open as possible no, you're I mean convincing your clients not to let buyer agents, times go your
1: agents do they like reserve like six slots on they'll book, good no they'll book two if they need to for whatever reason mm-hmm. so that's
2: it. see
3: here's where I have an advantage. I can book. My wife can book right after. Right. We can get. We can get people on the whole
2: afternoon team. Sessa. The whole time. I
3: I blocked it off for the three days before (laughs) offer date. No one else can get in. That's a good idea, actually. That's a good strategy, (laughs) Daryl.
2: Typical Daryl would come. Come up with something like that see, eh? it, i was Jeez.
1: i was part of the brain trust that came up Jeez, with that all we're just
2: innocent realtors over here until daryl comes in and gives I us i think all it was ideas. just
1: my my evil influence on santo because he really came up with that <laughs> <laughs> it just you know
3: people do all sorts of things What oh, uh as far as where the market is right now it seems we're kind of in a plateau we've kind of Man, we had some big numbers out there, big, big average sold prices, really high. And we've been at it for for like a year. And like we've got really no we've got no immigration. We've got really nobody really moving from out of province in. I mean, everything the population ha- has kind of been stagnant there hasn't really been changes companies haven't been expanding and so at some point you got to figure no matter how many millions of people live in toronto those pool that pool of aggressive buyers just ready to go i mean isn't doesn't it kind of make sense that they're going to be exhausted like we've used i mean if you bought you bought Unless you're an investor, if you bought, you bought. And we've been at this for a year of growth and, and you know, multiple offers. It's kind of got to calm down at some point. But I say down, it doesn't mean down. It's just steady as she goes right now. You can't be at a, at a full run constantly. At some point, you got to come down to a jog to, you know, kind of get your breath a bit. So what, what, we, does what, like was, what does that look what like, What does that
1: look like? Is that like more listings and the prices are going down and less sales? But, like, what does that look like?
2: But this is, this is, this is what happened, though, Dale. So just to kind of answer your question, too, is the buying cycle, right? So a buyer goes into the situation, they lose a few offers, and then they realize that prices have gone up. Then they try their best to get an offer and someone pays more. Then they pay way more than anybody else in the neighborhood has paid and still someone overbids them. So that emotion takes over and then they start becoming these incredibly aggressive buyers, which is what led us to the January, February, March issues, right? Where prices just climbed way too fast. The new buyers that are there right now, they haven't all been through that. You know, most of those guys gave up if they didn't buy and the new ones that are just coming into the market. Now there's been more inventory. There's, you know, the lockdowns have been maybe a little bit more relaxed. There's been different things that have changed that have made people get properties a little bit sooner. Um, And so it doesn't mean that there's going to be prices going down. It doesn't mean like there's not going to be any more uh, people listing their houses for sale. It just means the mentality of the buyers is a little bit different. It was a frenzy in March. It was a frenzy yep. people were desperate were, it was mm. they were paying crazy amounts of money more than they should in certain pockets of the city and I've seen prices go down in certain areas where they were selling here in March and they're not selling there anymore for sure yep. now the buyers are more realistic and they're like less stressed and they're kind of like if I don't get this one, the next one will be mine so, so- but also
3: also we as realtors, you know we've I've changed my whole buyer presentation when I sit down with a buyer we're getting ready to to start okay we're going to look for a house I prepare them up front hey listen we might have to kind of you know try on a few homes before we get the right one we're not going to go in and you know pay through the roof I don't know about you TK but I've never been so lucky to be working with a buyer that's prepared to outbid everybody like I I've never had a buyer that has said to me I don't care what it costs you got to get it yeah
0: yeah yeah,
3: yeah. but I've seen some prices on what some people have paid and I'm thinking wow and and when (laughs) when you're working with the buyer and you lose out a multiple offer deep down you kind of want the person who who ended up buying you want that price to be way beyond what your person was willing to pay anyways, because it it hurts when it's just a few thousand more. Do do you
2: know how many houses I sold to buyers between January and uh, April 21st, 2017? Zero.
3: Yeah. It's, 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 it
2: wasn't, I I couldn't do it, Daryl. The prices were going up. So like nothing made sense. So I just kind of kept on telling people like, that's way more than it's worth. Like that's a way, like that's, that's more than enough that you're putting in, but any more than that is just does, it doesn't make sense. And we would lose over and over and over again, right? So you're still paying top dollar, but it, 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 you kept on losing. So I just uh, kept giving people the advice and eventually things cooled down. And there was lots of people that were really thankful because of that. So, and this year's this year has been the same, very, very few buyer deals in the first few months of the year. Uh, it's just a reality.
3: So, so the change now, The change now is you do your evaluation as a realtor you figure okay based on that neighborhood what's happened you know you look at all the comparables and say this home here's the price and you kind of you you show your buyer client you know this is what's happening where do you want to you know what are you comfortable paying for this house also based on your budget and Back in March, you just, it was going to go way up here. But now, Mm -hmm. even if it goes up, it's worth a shot now. Oh, we got an article.
2: No, we got, well, he's bringing in the news here.
1: He's bringing in the big guns. Well, okay. Listen, there are, I mean, we're talking about our opinions now and, and there's, there's, you know, there's stuff out there where, You know, obviously, the stress test just started. I mean, are you guys seeing that have an effect on your buyers at all? Because didn't that just start like six days ago? I mean, we saw, I believe we saw, at least from the media standpoint, what I saw was that there was no run up. To this being implemented, which I think at least. Which is different. Logically, you would think that there should have been a run up before the stress test came in.
3: Right. And we saw that in the past. Right. So it only made sense. We didn't see that.
1: And we didn't
2: see this week, that. So. This week showing this week or the, and the week before Broker Bay has got analytics and, and showings have been up since prior to June 1st, there, there has been an increase. Was that because of the stress test? Uh, You know, it's anybody's guess, but there has been, um, effectively more buyers out there looking, but June 1st is now passed. Then there's also a bunch of confusion on who's actually going to be part of the old stress test and who's not, and who's actually got a pre-approval and who's maybe got it fully approved with the commitment. Um, so I think it's more psychologically than mathematically and what about this and, and it's like, always
3: and that the psych, the psychology behind it and you know the buyer mentality or the seller mentality that's what we can't quantify you know you we can figure out a whole bunch of other stuff but how do buyers and sellers what do they feel like now that we're we're loosening some of the soon hopefully some of these these lockdown restrictions are people thinking, "Great, I'm gonna put my house up because I was uncomfortable before." Am I gonna list now, or are they gonna be preoccupied with, "Well, you know what, I'm going out to restaurants. I'm gonna, you, know, you know, enjoy having people over. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." And is real estate gonna kind of take a back seat? I, it, it's so hard to predict, but once it happens, people come up with. Their reasons why—it's it, really hard to predict. But what you said about the stress test—we've always seen, almost always, a before any kind of major change, a run up just before that. If they say, you know, next month interest rates are going up a quarter point,
1: you better believe there's going to be a run that, up. that,
3: we see a run up. There's gonna What's that?
1: For sure, there'll be a run up if interest rates are going up. Well, I mean, who knows for sure? In yeah. theory. Also. Yeah. Yeah. It's so the, pretty crazy. These so are all, what about the, these it? are all the little nu- nuances. So we lost a bunch of jobs last month too. Do you think that factored into numbers coming down? I mean, I think 35,000 jobs lost in Ontario alone last month.
3: Yeah. Uh, it depends on which jobs. We, yeah, we actually mean, had all a situation, the same jobs, right? As befo- we,
0: like
2: it, we, we had a real situation. So this is actual uh, an actual situation where a client had purchased between the time they sold their own property and purchased firm and everything else like that, they actually lost their job, mm. right? Which, I mean, this is not a common occurrence, right? Where right. that happens, right? I mean, most people you're going to buy, it's like, I know my job's gonna be good for the next five years and I know I've got security and the bank when they're approving you, it's based on, you know, maybe it's a salary jobs, contracts, like all that kind of stuff. And this yeah. individual actually had um, lost their job. It wasn't my client, it was somebody else that, uh, on the team that they were telling me about. But, um, you know, that's something that's new that uh, hasn't really been, you know, the atmosphere for that. And and the, the job market issue right now is even though unemployment is really high, it's there's there's a ton of jobs for high skilled people. trades just being one of them that are just not getting filled. Like it's 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 crazy how much uh, labor force we're lacking right now in Canada and, and all over the world for these high skilled jobs. And I think that that's going to make an impact. Uh, for sure. Not losing 35,000 jobs because like Tanto said, where are those jobs and, you know, are they part of the lockdown? Are they temporary losses? All that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, in the long run, who's going to fill all these positions that we need?
3: Yeah. You know, we're, I, I think we're going to have a shortage there, but also when I say which jobs, not to, not to sound, you know, I don't know, mean about the whole thing, but are we losing jobs of people that work thinking or in a position to buy or sell right right? if if, if, are these lower paying jobs are they higher paying jobs and are these people that are looking to buy and sell so and that
1: pool is getting smaller every week in this city right as the prices just get further and further away from what people can actually afford i mean even though we're in a in a lull did the prices go down did average price go down last month uh again. yes but it did go down slightly
3: slightly, slightly. from which
2: month the month before well, from from
3: from april to may march april may with price slightly,
0: freehold. slightly
3: freehold. sales went down and average sole price went down and i'm charting it on a weekly basis and that's been happening also however <laughs> this week coming you're going to see when the, the Toronto report goes out on Tuesday that for week ending June 2nd, that last week average sold price went up
0: hmm.
3: and sales went up and listings are going up. Uh, so for that, and it, so it'll be one week where it now goes the other way. It's not a trend. It's one week, but So let's see what happens. Maybe that's a cause of the stress test. Who knows?
1: Everybody called their buyers and they were like, there's a
3: dip quick,
1: get it back in, get back (laughs) in. The time is right.
3: Well, you know, there's, there's those people that it can never be low enough. Right. So they're always waiting for the lower and, and there's some people that it can never be high enough. They're just never going to sell. It's got to go higher, higher, higher. And this whole conversation of, Wow, there's people that you know just too high. We're priced out. Where am hasn't I gonna go? Conversa-
1: Doesn't that come up but, all the time with people wanting to hasn't that
3: conversation been, you know, Forever. for years? Like, yeah.
1: is it not more Since now? Since I was a
3: baby, you know,
1: it's not. Yeah. It isn't more now than it was before. Where am I gonna go? Because well, I I, now it's a not like that everyone's it, priced out of. No, but now it's not like moving to East York or moving to like Thornhill. It's like. Are we, We're going to go to Barrie or we're going to go to Durham or, we're, you know, like we're going to go to Pickering. You're going much further now if you're going to sell or you're stepping it up a notch. Which, For sure you are. Right. And a lot of people who are at the the end of the line with their house and they're they're cashing out. It's like, I mean, unless you're going to rent, where the hell are you going to go to take that money off the table and still live in a nice place?
3: I've had uh, several, we'll call it reality checks or, or come to Jesus conversations uh, every year, but this year in particular where it, it's it's the family home. They have a big you know 3200 square foot home that they've raised their family in. the kids are all out. It's just now mom and dad, they're much older and they say, we want to downsize. And we want a small three bedroom bungalow. Um, but we don't want to do any work where we don't want to go through that. So the bungalow has to be modern and new. And
1: we want to you know, pay 500.
3: Yeah. And we want money for our retirement in the bank because, you know, we want to travel, we want to do all these beautiful things. And when I price out what their home's going to sell at now, their home hasn't had any kind of updates for 20 years or, or 10 years. So even though they put a new kitchen 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's not a new kitchen anymore. To them it is. And, and so I price their home and then I price what they want to buy. And sometimes it's 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 really close. That money that they're thinking, just where are they going to go? You're right. Sometimes, and, and these are the Welcome upfront... Yeah, but even well, then, just, you they know, want to stay in the same neighborhood. It's and, too high.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, they
3: want to stay in the same neighborhood to be close to their kids. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> they just want to go to a smaller house and they want lots of money and to go from 3,200 square foot, um, four bedrooms, four baths, whatever, to three bedrooms, three baths, 1,200 square foot, and free up almost no equity whatsoever. That's a hard pill to swallow for anybody, right? Yeah. That's it not is. easy. That's not an easy decision to make. No? Saying, so what?
1: I'm losing all this to go to that for nothing. Right, and the decision ends up being, you know what? This thing's paid off. It's worth this. Let's take some money out of the ATM, right? Let's just stay here because I don't know where else we're gonna go. And let's like let's leverage this thing a little bit for our retirement. Let the kids deal with it later. Not as common. You'd you'd be surprised. Not as common. It's gonna be more common though. I'm telling
3: you because where
1: I'm
0: seeing.
3: What I'm seeing more and more uh, in, in one of my previous videos, last week or the week before, there's two trends that I'm seeing more often than than I have before. Like people always do similar things in real estate, but lately I'm seeing this even more. I'm seeing people selling, people who were planning to sell next year selling now because. They see that the market is high and and they feel it'll be lower next year. And, you know, everybody has their opinion there. So they feel the market next year will be lower. So they're selling now and renting. We're just going to kind of pause and wait and see. And when the market's lower next year, we're going to buy back in. That's one way to do it. Um, I'm also seeing the trend more often than I've ever seen before where the seller is listing the home. But in our brokerage remarks, realtor to realtor, there's a note saying seller selling, but wants to rent back the home for a year.
1: Yes. Or longer forever. If they'll let them,
3: you know, so, so the seller wants the cash, but doesn't want to give up the home. And, and maybe there's an investor that will, will buy the home and rent it back to the same people who sold it.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. I I don't think we're the, we're going to see a lot, lot of, of those deals. Need a lot of equity for that. Yeah, in, for that to work in most neighborhoods, there'd be there'd be very few neighborhoods that I think investors would be
1: keen on something like that. You could take um, back a second mortgage and make it a little bit more enticing for an investor. Like there's ways to make yeah, that work if you want
3: to. A lot of speculation. It depends but, on the home, yeah. though. People that are buying, generally, they want to live in it. They don't, you know, want to. Y- you gotta. I don't know, especially if it's a nice place. It's not an investor type home. Yeah.
0: So somebody want, wants they want to, to buy, yourself. say,
3: look, if they want a long closing, four months, five months, six months, maybe, but I don't want to rent it back.
1: It's a good business yeah. model, though, if there's uh, any need at all for that in a big city like Toronto. I mean, you got to have enough customers to be able to buy their houses and rent it back to them.
2: Yeah. Again, I'm seeing you know, it. People are a negative cash flow there for investors to want
1: to get involved with that. Pass those That's over, over to me. Boys. Pass those over to me. If you ever hear that, anybody out that there ever the hear time. that? Yeah. Pass that over to me. I'll figure it out. But
2: they don't, they don't want to sell it for cheap. They want to sell
1: it for the most amount of money Top dollar and they want to, to rent it back. No rent. I get it. I get it. We'll work it out. And they want to rent below market rent. We're going to work it out. Yeah. I'm here to help.
3: And and their 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 promises like will it. take care of the home. We've lived here already for ten years. That's right. Yeah. Who's yeah. going
1: to take care of the house better than us? Right. Ah, fuck it, Martha. We don't own this piece of shit anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Those are trends. I think. I mean, are we still seeing people wanting to get out of the city? I'm still seeing a large chunk of people who are willing to uh, move outside of the city, and they're and they're thinking about their options. They're trying to move near children who live outside the city. They're looking at um, vacation property areas that they always wanted to live in, bring up equity so they go far enough, uh, leaving the province. That's still a big trend. Is that still clients of yours are talking like that? Or? Toronto uh, I buyers. am seeing that. we got I an article
1: here. Toronto buyers up t- uh, behind uptick in house prices across Ontario. So that's what you're talking about, right? That's a big duh. Yeah. But that's what are you seeing that Santo still like? I I
3: I am not as not so much for the reason that also the media talks about. I mean, uh, uh, early on the whole conversation was you can work from home, so people are getting rid of their condos and smaller houses and moving out. I, I I don't think that was the biggest reason I think the biggest reason was because of interest rates dropping and being as low as they are they have an opportunity now where they didn't before so they were planning to buy in two or three years from now and they've moved it up because interest rates are so low they're putting pressure on themselves knowing that this is the dip we're at the bottom here when it comes to interest rates it's only going up from here so if there's a way for them to move it forward and they're driving out until they can you know home prices mortgage everything lines up in the city of Toronto might not line up for them in 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 the closer areas Mississauga uh, uh, Vaughan Richmond Hill might, might not line up so they're going further out until they drive as far as they can get approved and and they're okay with that Because I think the interest rates is the biggest motivator.
1: But you also have people that are 750 to a million dollar buyers in Toronto going out to places where the average price, you know, a year ago was 500,000. Now, all of a sudden it's like 750, right? And it's not
3: locals doing it. No, no, no. I bought uh, for a buyer client, I bought a property in Cambridge, uh, December and it was aggressive. Like it was, I had to roll up my sleeves and like really, really, it was the market was so aggressive and they keep talking about Toronto, the big, bad wolf. I was so happy to get that deal eventually done and say like, man, it's, it's way more fierce. I found out there than it was over here.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, so I think just,
2: another thing, another thing that I've heard that you just reminded me of, and we're all doing the same thing right now too. And i and I'm hearing this from the small town realtors is Toronto realtors have got more clients buying in the outskirts now more than ever. Right. So yeah. like we got a Barry board, um, we are members of the Barry board now because, so we have access to all the boards and most of the boards in Ontario, just because of all these changes that have been happening. Right. Yeah. And when I go to these different places and stuff like that, it's 50% of the realtors going out there are Toronto realtors. So we've got partners all over. So different people are able to help me out when we go to different parts of Ontario and stuff. But, um, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a big change. Your landscape as a realtor has expanded where it used to be you worked sure. 10 streets and you don't need to know about anything else. Now, as a, as a successful realtor in Ontario, you know, you're probably looking at about an hour outside the GTA in all directions. You need to know at least a little bit about for sure.
3: For sure. And you, and you know, with access to, to, to internet and other data, I mean, we can, we see the data. It, 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 we can figure things out and, um, and and there's so much collaboration also going on. But where these we're we're seeing in in these outskirts, prices coming up more aggressively than percentage wise, more aggressively than they have in in the GTA here, just because of the sheer size of these these places. So you know we'll look at we'll look at, um, we'll look at I, I use the example of Cambridge. We we'll look at Cambridge. It's not that big of a place. All of a sudden, if all these Toronto buyers start looking at Cambridge for example or Kitchener or Waterloo or any of these other towns or Georgetown for example I I have a client we were looking for something in Georgetown and it's not that far away there's virtually nothing for sale compared to the, the the demand side there's and these these are small towns so if you know if they have 10 20 listings in a neighborhood that would be like a lot but there's like a you know 300 buyers from Toronto looking at that and they just can't absorb the that kind of a demand and it shoots prices through the roof and, and, and the everybody goes
1: holy shit did you
3: see yeah. what they sold so for if builders
0: we're wake
3: up and say oh my god there's so much demand we got to build well that project is Three four years down the line, if you're lucky they just too, can't, yeah, maybe. A you small know they townhouse. can't. Yeah, so the biggest uh, one I
2: heard was Prince Edward County. You might have heard more. Forty nine percent year over year. It's crazy price increase.
3: It's crazy, and that was always, you know, what a beautiful place to uh, to go camping or to have a cottage, and people are living there. Yeah. Um, I, I think though, there's going to be. Uh, You know, a lot of people are, you know, with the attitude I could work from home. The story's not over with this yet. I just don't (laughs) Google. Google just
2: no Apple. Apple just announced right three days a week. They just announced it this week. It's
1: definitely one billion percent going to partial work from home for anybody that wants to do it, unless. I mean, yeah. the guys in the meat packing plant, they can't really work from home. Right. But like anything else, I, I, we talk about it all the time. I mean, I do not have to leave my house for work at all. And I'm very deeply ingrained in a lot of real estate. I don't have I I haven't had self employed, though. I get it. I get it. But so
2: working for somebody else, it's a different story but
1: I do a lot of stuff remote that most people do in their jobs as well. But it's a motivation yes. thing. It's a, it's a organizational thing. Like there's so many factors that go into it, but the, I think the reality is that a lot of companies will allow some form of work from home. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Definitely see. Now, now let me ask you guys both a question actually, because so, so all uh, I'm really into technology, and I believe that technology is going to help us kind of bridge the demand supply gap at some point in time. We obviously can see that the two of you have adopted social media, which is a technology, through the uh, pandemic. I think Santo, you probably started a little bit before the pandemic, but you probably really ramped it up in the last year and a half. What other technologies have you guys adapted to or adopted in the last year, year and a half because of all these changes uh, that that the pandemic brought on? Um,
2: interesting Broker question. Bay. Broker Bay is one for me.
3: Well our yeah but that was your brokerage. Yeah. Right, but
2: utilizing so that? it That's offer nights, forced... off, offer nights using broker bay to communicate. You know what I mean? Like, what is BrokerBay? There's bay definitely do? a the platform we use just for showing notifications and stuff. So typically, offer date, everyone's coming to the house. You're calling everybody. You're negotiating with people face to face. You're going back, all that kind of stuff. Now you can send out like mass communications directly to all the agents. Whoever registers the offers have a real. You know, I still call everybody because i'm because I'm just built that way, and that's just a way that I need to do it in order for me to to have the success. But I can have other communications like, you know we've accepted an offer, you know, thank you very much, all that kind of stuff, whatever, just different messages to to communicate with people, also registrations. So instead of telling everybody, okay, we have another registered offer, they're getting notified through Broker Bay. And we adapted that only a few months before the pandemic started. So that's been a really helpful tool.
3: Yeah, and and so we're with Showing Time. Yep. But same, but same thing. My my comment to that was, that's a broker brokerage. I mean, they they our brokerage jumped onto Showing Time, kind of during the pandemic. And I've seen other brokerages use it, and I thought, well, why aren't we doing this? Um, so we've been asking for it, and and so now we're with Showing Time. And what's interesting where I've seen a lot of this either broker Bay or showing time or any, any of this kind of software to organize showings and listings and outside of the GTA, outside of the Toronto real estate board, they've, they're miles ahead of us when it comes yeah. to this miles yeah. ahead of smaller
2: us. boards, easier to manage lockboxes, yeah. everything.
3: The lock boxes where yeah. you know it's timed and and you just put your phone in front of the lock box and it opens and if you're early, it won't open. It, you kind of yeah. got to, We you
2: we, know. we we use the master electronic lock boxes. Uh, we've been doing that for about two years, but we're one of the few Toronto people that do that. Um, but you're right. Small towns make Toronto real estate board. Small town boards make the Toronto real estate board look like amateur hour. Yeah. yeah. trev has got too much uh, political influence. And so everyone's got an opinion and no one wants to screw things up and there's a lot of money at stake. And anyways, I don't want to trash Treb any more than I already do. So (laughs) the other thing too, is online bookings. Yeah, Santo. I remember when online bookings came out. I called Daryl every time I have to go and book a house, uh, book a, a group of showings. Let's say there's six appointments. I'm calling a Remax, Century 21. This is who I am. This is where I got to go. And I'm calling, calling, calling every single time. Now I do everything online. And if a brokerage doesn't have online appointments, I'm like, oh, how it's come they are? Like you with don't with want it.
3: to show it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: like, oh, they don't have online appointments. Like I'm a snob now.
1: <laughs> so but that's actually good because do you know how many times I mean, I guess you need a login to book those appointments, right? Because you know, well, you log in Treb. To Treb. Yeah. And like yeah, I I have, or, I have so many times called up a listing and <laughs> pretended like I was with Remax or Harvey Callis or whatever, and they just let you go over time they got <laughs> some of them got a little more tight and they knew what to say ask. it isn't so. Right. Sure it that's isn't called trespassing, so. Daryl. Yeah, listen, I've gone through Windows <laughs> or break like, and enter, one of the two.
2: Yeah. Could we
3: take can we edit that out later? <laughs> no, look, I, I think <laughs> Daryl's reputation
2: pe- on YouTube is
3: yeah, I, 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 in I line with his
2: actions. That's right. It's okay. Yeah.
3: TK, you're you're hundred percent right though. You know, when, when Daryl asked the question, what are you doing different? What have you adopted? that book and I was thinking what what am I doing different So yeah I, I'm social media more but in particular YouTube way more than before um, but the booking online I find myself you know 11 o'clock at night, sometimes midnight booking showings. I'll get a call from a, a client that you know seven eight, nine, ten o'clock, And they want to see something the next day. Normally I'd have to wait for the brokerage to open just to, you know, to try to book, but not now I I do, I guess, 90% of my bookings online now, and it's so convenient. It's way better than before. Uh, Other things like electronic signatures. I've been using that for years. I I was an early adopter on that. It it made total sense. You know, I don't have to, at 1130 at night, fly across town because the offer expires at midnight and I need to get an electronic signature immediately made sense to me. I've been doing that for years. But what I see now with that is. Other agents are on board with it way more than before. It it, it used to be it was a
2: struggle. Yeah, Yeah. not everybody was. Now it seems to be was it the
1: agents or the lawyers that were the problem before?
3: Well, most you know what's funny is most lawyers haven't adapted it, and but now some of the more savvy, quick to response they've uh they've adopted like, electronic signature. I
1: remember at the beginning, like people would do it, but you'd still have to sign an actual copy like the next morning, you know, like let's just get this in. but yeah, yeah now it's it. like, no, who the, the hell the real real estate it?
2: real estate has been okay for. A number of years. So what else um, have and you the, In doctors, the law society, I don't, think, I don't think they're allowed yet to do electronic signatures. What they're allowed to do is not witness their clients in person. That was the issue. They had to be in front of the person, looking them face in the face and watch them sign. Now they can do it over video. And yeah. so they send a package, they sign it, you're doing a video call with them. And then you
1: courier send you in to, the, the documents back have, again. And you have to show your license or your passport. Yeah. On the so camera. it's just, you're doing
2: it through video. And so, Uh, What I was told is at the beginning of the pandemic, the lawyers reinterpreted what that act said. And they said, oh, you know what? I guess if it's done through video, that would be in person. And and then they said, we're we're allowed to do this because they had to figure out a way how to start closing all these transactions who were sold January, February 2020 and needed to be closed March, April, May when everything was shut down. And once they reinterpreted that, that became now, now the closing transaction centers in real you know, real estate, uh, real estate lawyers, let's say, like there's a lot of them that were doing um, things like this before, right. They were doing the video. Yeah. Even, even transferring,
3: even the, transferring the seller's cash at the end. Yeah. He used to, you know, they, they give a check. We used to pick up yep. checks from the lawyer's office and take it to the brokerage. Now it's all, it's all electronic.
2: So here, here's another answer to Daryl's question. We're doing wire transfers and bank deposits. So I remember 2015, I had a TD bank account for my old brokerage and I'd give it to people and say, you don't need to come to my brokerage. We were at Woodbine and Danforth. We had another one at Young and uh, Finch uh, and Osington and Bloor. So it was not that spread out. Like it wasn't like it was, they were everywhere. So I said, um, instead of going to our brokerage, just go into the TD bank, give them this account info and you can just bring the deposit. And everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe it. That's, You know, that was, but then some brokerages were like, I don't want to give my bank account information out. It's, it's a trust account. Like they had all these issues. Now every brokerage has got the ability to do wire transfers and bank deposits.
3: Well, what was um, we just did um, we just got a deal accepted a few days ago. And the first time this has happened to me, we've, we've done transfers for the deposit, you know, when the, the agreements accepted, you've got 24 hours to pay your deposit. We've done that through wire transfers. We've done it all sorts of different ways. But this one brokerage wanted us to take a bank draft to their bank. Yeah. And and we've done it where, you know, my buyer client will transfer. I give him the details of of the trust account, and that's just a wire transfer directly in. But this was the first time where I was told your client should make a bank draft. But that bank draft, you take it to one of our banks.
2: I I prefer it that way. And the reason I do it that way is because the wire transfer takes a few days sometimes to confirm. Our brokerage is very slow confirming the wire transfers. So what I'm getting is I got the property price low. I got 20 offers. I have people calling me four times a day for the next three days saying, did it sell, did it sell, did it sell? So I start putting sold firm awaiting deposit in the brokerage remarks. But when you bring in a deposit check, and you um, send me a copy of the check and then you bring it to the TD bank and you send me a copy of the receipt, my brokerage can confirm the deposit a lot sooner. And that's, and that's so we do it every way. So it's not like you only can do it that way. But that was, um, when, I, when agents say to me, they want to do a wire, I say, if you can bring a draft into the bank, I'd prefer it that way. I said, do it any way you want. At the end of the day, it's, yeah. it's all okay.
3: Yeah. As long as the money gets in there, as long as the good. money
2: gets there, I'm okay. I haven't had any deposits not brought in. Have you uh, this year? Has, no. has anybody not brought in? The deposit nope. on a
3: firm deal no I have had a situation where um, for one particular client he's 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 much older in in age and very very serious about the pandemic and only deals with one person at his bank he calls his person at the bank has a as an office, And so my client goes and meets that person, does all his banking in a private office. And so he needs an appointment. So we bought a home and he called the next day and that person wasn't working that day. And my client just refuses to stand in line at the bank and wait and go to a teller where everyone else. So it was the next day. So that's the only issue I've had because of the pandemic because of the lockdown, because of the the the, I guess justified paranoia that my client has, uh, we we couldn't do it the same day. The other side understood. I explained it to them. They understood. That must have been so, a fun
1: explanation.
3: <laughs> uh, well, it, it started off with, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. I go, "No, <laughs> yeah. really." Yeah. yeah. Sure. No. Really. Yeah so but there's uh, different but
2: circumstances it, every once in a while something will like like that will happen right like when you're on the weekends you yeah. do a deal on a saturday sure. you know they don't bank with td or one of the banks open on sunday so they got to come monday like there's things that happen that I,
0: takes. A I, yeah. and there that could. one's
3: still to interpretation 24 hours is really 24 hours the next day but yeah. some people will just automatically assume well it's not on a weekend no 24 hours the next business day it's not true for the for the deposit yeah. And, and then there's the um, what's uh, uh, what's the online bank? Um, Tangerine. Uh, pardon? Tangerine. Thank you. Yeah. Tangerine. If you bank with Tangerine. You're not getting a bank draft the next yeah. day. <laughs> you're just not. And yeah. and we know this now, but early on any any of the buyers, uh, they get stuck. You yeah. can't just Get a bank draft from Tangerine right away. No, and the part, banks yeah, are always
1: the... trying to make it harder for us to get our money out of them anyways, right? Like there's <laughs> there's been a constant struggle in my entire adult life to get my money out of the bank when I want to. Right? They're figuring they want you out to get ways a mortgage from them. Well to get it. Well, they just want to hang on to it a little bit longer. All
3: well, their business model is to get it sure. and earn with it not to give it back. That's right. It's like an insurance so, company.
1: So we're,
2: we're coming up to the end. So I kind of want to hear uh, from Santo. The two, 2021, we're not holding it, you know, hold you for anything that you say. We're not going to like put this are. on yes, YouTube you and put yes, this on the internet are. or anything like that. But we just want to know what's going to happen this year. Where do you see the market going? And what are you telling some of your clients in order to be able to help them make decisions for the rest of the
3: year? Okay. So if they're buying, and it's a home they're gonna be at for a long time, three years, five years, 10 years. It's better that we find the home that they love versus trying to time the market because that's, that's a fool's game trying to time the market. Uh, so not to worry if ne- you know they buy something now and, and in three months it's 20, 30, 50,000 less, It won't matter in the long run. So it's better to find the house that they want. As far as competing, my attitude is, competing in multiple offers, my attitude is, is we've got your budget. We're going to throw our hat in the ring, but we're not going to buy at all costs. So we should try because we're seeing a lot of them not working out like they were before. So we should just try. But knowing that, hey, we might not get it. That's kind of my attitude. If somebody's saying, Santa, I want to buy, I want to update, I want to flip. That's a tough one. It's it's really hard to, just because we don't have the, the longevity of being in the market. So I'll say, if that's the game you want to play, that's fine. But you kind of got to be in a position where when we're ready to sell in say a year from now, after you've done all your rentals and everything in six months or a year, you're ready to sell If the profit margin isn't there, if prices are not where they need to be, are you in a position to hold on to it until prices are? Maybe rent it out for a year, for example. So I prepare them for that upfront. And then we can go shopping and look knowing, hey, I'm going to renovate, I'm going to invest. But if prices aren't where they need to be, you know what, I'm just going to rent it for, for a year or two and it, so they got to be able to to play that game, otherwise they're taking a big chance. I, I think, uh, as far as where I think prices are going to be, I think they're going to hold steady for the summer. They're going to go up and down a little bit, but they're kind of going to be where they are now for for the summer. I I expect a strong fall. I expect a a like a, a second spring in the fall. That's kind of my attitude there, but. We'll see.
2: Beautiful. And then uh, a little shameless plug. Where where can people find you?
3: You could find us anywhere. Uh, looking, Team Sessa Real Estate. We pop up everywhere online. You go to YouTube, look up Ten- Team Sessa Real Estate. We got Facebook, social media. We're everywhere there. Uh, santo at Teamsessa.ca is my email. 647-298-5491 is my cell. You could reach me anytime I answer my phone. The only time I don't is if I'm physically with a client or shooting awesome video like this with you guys. But otherwise, I call back right away.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And if anybody's looking for stats, don't watch our stat show first. Watch Santos. That's right. Much better. And then watch ours afterwards. Although so
1: if you watch ours first, it will be corrected if you watch Santos after ours. Yeah, you'll find
3: the real answers know. after now, you watch us. Now, let's just. I do You guys do a great job. You guys do a great job. Never mind. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now,
1: one last thing. I think the most important question that should be on everybody's mind, the, the most fascinating headline that I found this week is. <laughs> Toronto 2051, will we have (laughs) flying cars before we figure out housing? I think we will. I think we will.
3: But we need flying houses so the cars can park. The flying cars can park in the garage.
1: No.
2: Maybe that's the answer. Flying that's the answer. Houses. We got to go
1: to flying houses first. You just created a hundred percent more real estate in the city of Toronto. Location, location, location. Let's get right? the yeah. air right on the around the whole city. Let's do this. I'm, rent, I'm rent the idea lot. man. There you that go. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. So forget robots. <laughs> awesome. We're just gonna build houses on top of things. Yeah. Perfect. Or, Mobile or homes. or with these still?
3: flying cars, you need one of those. I mean, everyone's gotta learn to parachute down to their house. That, that's complicated. No that's a little
1: Perfect. trickier. I think it's a lot easier to build floating <laughs> houses.
2: There'll be some people who physically may not be able to make it, so we have to be inclusive. Awesome. Well, you
3: know, we're laughing about it, but
2: eventually nobody would have
3: thought a few years ago the, you know, the Teslas and and the, the autonomous car like that's like yeah. around the corner. It's coming. Thought about that, oh, it's right? coming.
1: And those flying cars are coming too. Like they're building buildings with pads on top for like these Uber drone cars have you seen these things
3: i have not I've seen but, the single
2: wow. yeah the single person drone uh drop off uh,
1: they're doing air taxis like taxis, these things yeah. are actually happening not only uber but these things are happening and people are building like helipads on top of buildings in miami like because these are coming yeah. wow yeah it's pretty crazy it's This is the craziest time, I think, in human history for technology. Like, we have so many new crazy technologies coming all at the same time. And and listen, I got to say, just before we wrap things up, that the amount of technology that the real estate market has adopted in the last ever is quite pathetic. And the amount of things that that you guys have adopted in the last year, I mean, like a scheduling software that, and going on YouTube, that's crazy. Like there's so many things out there that the, the industry just doesn't absorb. It's not and it's not you guys. It's like I'm paperless now. Yeah, and, and, and still like paperless now is 20 years behind most industries. Right. Yeah. To, I, to,
3: I am paperless and whatever I have on my laptop, I take notes on my iPad. It's on my cell phone. And
1: you're like cutting edge. You are probably at the cutting edge in real estate, like technology. For sure. Right? Most of the realtors can barely use their
3: phones, let alone. I have to be. I can't remember stuff. I can't remember everything, every conversation. And somebody will call me. We spoke six months ago. And they'll remember every word of my conversation with them. And so I write everything down and I could pull it up immediately.
1: Yeah. And and, and I think it, Lee, there's a lot of room for some crazy technology to pierce the real estate market and make a huge difference for you guys. Because you guys, have, I agree. yeah, I mean, you still work hard. And, and what happens is you take on this technology, freeze up time, and then you just work more. Exactly. Right. That's more why people. you guys are That's top it. agents. That That's was it. a great conversation. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, Santo. Uh, that, that was really guys, good. Guys, thanks.
3: Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. That was so great. It's-